be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as it is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of things. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were once in darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we do uh, count it a privilege, Lord, to be in your presence this morning. God, we want you to know that we're, we love you, Lord, and we're anticipating you to speak to us. Father, we, we want to reach those who are around us, but we want to do it the right way. We want to do it in a way that honors you, in a way that pleases you. And, uh, and Lord God, we know no other way to discover that than to um, dive into the riches of your word. So, so, Daddy, I'm just here as your servant. Lord God, use these lips of clay, Father, and do what only you can do. Use broken vessels, Lord God. Use me for your glory. But, Father, I pray that you would speak life, speak revelation, speak understanding and wisdom. And we'll give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. You turn my mic. My mic is just a little hot, please. And you turn this one off. Thank you. Uh, we're beginning a brand new series uh, today, and we're going to be talking about uh, culture transformation. Um, this series is really designed to help us to know how to relate to those as Christians uh, that we come into contact with on a regular basis. I think we all understand the importance of, and we hear people say that it's important to be holy, it's important uh, to, um, uh, to be sanctified, to be set apart, and, and, and all of that. And it is critically important that we do that. But what this series is designed to do is to help us to know how to do it. What does a sanctified believer, one that is filled with the Holy Ghost, believers that are really walking with God, what does that person, what does it look like? How do you, how do you define that? And so, so we're going to take some time and we're going to look at the life of Jesus. We're going to catch him in real time. 
to see how Jesus himself, how he interacted with people, how he talked with people. And, and some of it will, will be, I will just give you a warning, somewhat of a shock to some of the things that you have been traditionally taught. But the whole purpose of this is to dispel religion and to bring people into an understanding of who Christ is. Uh, people all the time say, you hear people say, well, what makes your religion better than my religion? Well, we like to say that for us, it's not about religion. If you're a believer, it's not about religion. It's about relationship. It's about Jesus Christ. It's not about trying to come up with some new religious idea, some new religious theme, some way to impress other people or try or to appear righteous before men. That's not what we're all about. We're all about relationship. And I don't want to just, uh, you know, I don't I don't want to try to try to sound holy or look right. But how many know it's important to be who we are? We want to be right. And, and so that is the power. Really, that is what underscores, if you will, our ability to be able to be transformers in our culture. I, how many of you want to transform your environment? I want people to know Jesus. I'm just like you do. That's why you're here. You want, you want people to understand, but you want to know how to do that. How, how do I do that? What do I do in an environment where there's wickedness all around me, when people are using profanity, when, when, when I hear these themes all the time that are around me that goes counter to what God called me to be? How do I address that? How do I address it in a way whereby I can be effective and yet direct and still honor God? I think those are the things that we want to seek to explore I love the Gospels. I don't know how, many you, how much time you spend in the Gospels. But if you really want to know Jesus, you've got to spend an awful lot of time in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And if you just kind of look at his life, if you really study it, not just all of us have times, I would hope, that you read your Bible on a regular basis, that you have time that you just sit and read. That's one aspect. I think that's important. But we also need to have a time whereby we study whereby we, we, we sit and we take maybe, instead of taking that 10 or 15 minutes that we take to read it or whatever, that maybe you take maybe an hour, a couple hours and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to study how Jesus did things. It's amazing when you really study out his life that, that you will discover that a lot of the stuff that people call, that, that, that call religious and, and are so godly is just a bunch of man-made rules. And we're going to pull you away from man-made thinking. Come on. We're going to deliver you from that stuff that man who tried to come up with all, you know, we, we have some great ideas, don't we? I, I mean, I grew up and they said, my, you, know, my, you know, my mother, she would tell you, you couldn't wear makeup. You know, and if a lady ever put on pants, you know, you're just in trouble with God. You're in some bad shape. Don't you dare put on those pants and you're not supposed to put, got earrings on, what's wrong with you? Men made rules. I tell my wife, baby, look good as you want to look. You can be sanctified, look good, and wear a little makeup, lipstick, and look at men look at the wife and, they, and say, it's okay. Look good. Hallelujah. It's okay. But it's, it's, it's amazing how people would take scripture out of context. You see? Men, men we're, I mean, people, and, and let me say people even in the church are experts at taking the word of God out of context and able to push something that they feel ought to be done. But we want to stick to the word. You see, the Bible is clear about a lot of things. But some folk have a problem with grace. Now, there are some, now some folk have a problem with grace on, grace on both 
uh, ends of the spectrum. There's some people that look at grace as an opportunity to woohoo, do what I want to do, party, get drunk, and yada yada bottle, just 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 live my life any way I want to, because I'm under grace. But then there's the other extreme, whereby people try to put the noose around your neck and tell you you can't do anything but breathe. You can't do that. You can't do this. You can't go there. You can't do this. You can't do that. Oh, that's in you. And before you know it. You're like, what can I do? I've heard people say, man, as a Christian, man, it's a boring life. You can't do anything. What, what, what life are you living? I got to tell you, I have a great time as a believer. I know clearly where the lines are. And that's what we want to talk about. Where are the lines? So Jesus said that who the son says free is what? Free indeed. Paul said in Galatians, don't let nobody entangle you with the yoke of what? Bondage. Come on. You can't witness to somebody being. You see, religion caused male wars. That's why, they're, you know, that's why they're fighting over in the Middle East and Afghanistan and all these different places. Yo, religion. What would make a man strap a bomb on himself and call it God? Now, they think they are just as godly. Or it, no, they think they're more holy than you when they strap a bomb on themselves and blow themselves up. Why did that? I mean, we we don't see that nowhere as as a way to promote the gospel. Jesus didn't teach anything like that. But it's amazing how people come up with all kind of stuff. Then they take things out of the Bible. Then they start their own religion. Well, I agree with this part. I don't agree with that part. I agree with this part. I'm going to take the parts I like and I'm going to build me a religion. Many of you don't know that's how Jehovah Witness got started. Guy by the name of Russell, I believe. He said, I don't believe in no hell. I don't believe in no hell. Nah, that's just. So I, I'll come up with something. I'll, I'll, you know, I, I don't believe it. And, and people come up with stuff. That's why I tell you all the time, read your Bible. Well, pastor, you're just trying to be legalistic. Oh, not. Just trying to get you filled up with wisdom and knowledge and understanding so you know the truth. So you're so familiar with the truth that when somebody come up to you talking crazy, be like, oh, excuse me. No. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you don't even have to say anything. Just say, okay. Keep moving. Because Lord has taught me that. That'll save, I'm going to tell you, that'll save a lot of headaches. I, I've tried sometimes, and you got to know when the Spirit of God is moving when he ain't. And there's some people you just, they, it, it ain't the time to talk to them. But one of the things that happened to me in my years as I've matured in my faith is I can say to you that I'm free and I'm still holy. I am free and I'm still holy. My wife take me on a cruise today, honey. I will dance with you. Yes, I will. I will do a holy sanctified dance. A holy sanctified cabbage patch. Electric slide. Now we laugh, but you know, in a lot of circles, you can't do that. You, you know, you, people come up with this stuff, and I'm like, where do you get that from? Where, 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 do you, where do you draw the line? Where do you get that? Where does the Bible say? Where, where are you coming up with this stuff? And I believe that it is hindering our ability to be able to connect with people. And people sometimes look at us and rightly criticize because we look just as religious as somebody else. Because it's about, well, how long have you been saved? They, what a lot of people do, well, they instantly go into their religion. Or I'm a Catholic. I'm a Baptist. I'm a Pentecostal. I'm a this. When did you come to Jesus? 
Because, you know, in heaven, there ain't, no, there ain't no Pentecostals. There ain't no Baptists. Y'all ain't saying amen. In the, come on, say amen. Ain't none of that. That's another man-made thing. We're going to come back to the book. Look at the neighbor and say, this is a safe place. This is a safe place right here. I love the word. I love his word because the word will set you free. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You see, every kingdom have a culture, right? Every kingdom have a way of thinking. You know, uh, the United States of America, the great USA, there's a culture in this country, right? There's a culture of how we do things, how we process things. Every kingdom has a, a culture. Uh, they have a, a certain values and goals and practices that characterize that kingdom. But how many know that the kingdom of God has a culture as well? Amen. The kingdom of God has a culture. In fact, I love what it says in one of my favorite verses in all the scripture. And don't get me talking about this verse because I might not be able to get off. But it says in 1 Peter 2, 9, you can write this down. It says, but you are like, you are not like that for you are a chosen people. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm chosen. Hallelujah. You are a kingdom of priests. <laughs> Woo. Do you look at yourself as a priest? He said, you are a kingdom of priests. God's holy nation. That means sanctified, Amen. set apart, Amen. unique, different. Amen. That's who I am. Amen. His very own possession. <laughs> Woo. I belong to God. I mean, God, God says I'm his possession. You can't do nothing to me. <laughs> I belong to him. He got my back. I'm his very own possession. This is so that you so that this is so you can show others the goodness of God. For he has called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Amen. See, you have been called a sanctified people, a holy nation. Possessed by God. Are you telling me that there's something, anything in this world is more important than that? Oh, absolutely not. Uh, I, I don't have to worry about self-esteem issues. If you got self-esteem issues, you don't know who you are. You need to get in the book. Amen. I don't feel important. I don't feel loved. Do you know who you are? Because when you get a revelation of who God says that you are, whoo, my goodness, it'll change. It will change your life. So as a kingdom of as a kingdom in the kingdom of God, there's a certain culture that define who we are. You see, our culture in the kingdom of God. Watch this. It's not based on man's thinking. It's not based on systematic rules and regulations. But see, our culture is based on the book, the word of God. See, the wonderful thing about God's people, we don't have to try to reinvent the wheel. We don't have it. I mean, the book right here tells us how we're supposed to live. How, how am I supposed to live, pastor? How am I supposed to deal with this person on my job? How am I supposed to deal with my boss? How many you got some bosses you don't like all the time? Oh, gee. How do I? You know, the Bible got a lot of answers about that. You may not like it, but he got some answers about that. And so. How do we live as a culture? Because we want to talk about ourselves. See, the Bible says the judgment must first begin in the house of God. Right. 
So, so we got to first begin to look at ourselves and understand who we are as a people. So then that means that as I begin to look at myself, I just can't do things the way that I want to do them. I've come out of darkness, right? You come out of darkness, and we have come into his marvelous light. So now that I'm out of darkness, I've come into his light, how then shall I live? What kind of person? You know, I'm amazed how many people who say they are believers, they are Christians, but they don't know anything about the book. They don't know how Jesus thinks. They don't know how he acts. They, they just don't know it. Now, I'm not being critical, but come on. If you said that you died and you gave your life to this, don't you ought to know something about it? Amen. I mean, how am I, you know, you know, when I first got born again, let me tell you something, folks. I, I, was, I was like, what do I do? When I first got born again, I knew exactly what it was. That's why I was running for so many years. Because I knew what it meant to give your life to Jesus. I, I understood that. So that's why I was from high school. The Lord was chasing me, chasing me. I was on the run, buddy, like the road runner. You used to watch the road runner. Like I was running. I was running, boy. And I had some speed back in those days. <laughs> I was running because, you see, I knew what it meant that that if I gave my life to Jesus, that how many know it's supposed to be a change? Not the change that Barack Obama was talking about in 2008. Not that kind of change. No, 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 no. Not that kind of change. But you, you get born again. There's supposed to be a change that come over your life. Amen. I don't know about this kind of Christianity that you get born again and you keep smoking, you keep drinking, you keep cussing, and you keep hating and you keep backbiting and you keep stealing and you keep. What's up? There's a if there's a change in your life. You said you said I gave my life to Jesus. Then there ought to be some what we call in legal terms. Evidence. Come on. Jesus said the tree is known by his what? Come on. Don't tell, don't talk me to death. Where's the beef, like the little old lady used to say? Some of y'all don't know about that commercial. Y'all, y'all, I, I'll just take y'all way back. You little lady you say, where's the beef? <laughs> where's the beef? Where's the proof? That's supposed to be a change. John 3:16. Jesus says, marvel not that you must be. He didn't say that, it's, a, that, 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 that you can, it's an option. He said, before you can enter into the kingdom, you must be born again. Well, now, now I want you, let's think about that for a moment. Because that's, if you really think about that, that's pretty radical. He says, see, the whole idea behind being born again is starting all over. In other words, he's saying that your whole life up to this point was based on a lie. Your whole life up to this point, you were lost. Your whole life up to this point was contaminated. Your whole life up to this point need to say bye-bye. You see, when you gave your life to Jesus, it was a bye-bye. If you didn't have a bye-bye moment, you had something else. I can profoundly remember the day I can take you to the location. I can take you to where I was when I gave my life to Jesus. Down to the minute. June 10, 1991 at 7 o'clock. Because it was haunting me. And I got on my knees in that little security room. I was working security, just got out of college. And the Lord has just been chasing me. And I, got, and I said, okay, Lord. And I gave my life to Jesus. 
And ever since that moment, my life has been radically different. I'm not talking about a, you know, where you're trying to confuse. You know, some folks they say to Christian, you'd be like, really? Christian? See, they need to look at us and they, they, they need to be, they need to know. I, I was talking to, to Brother Edwin. I hope you don't mind me talking about Brother Edwin. Brother Edwin said he was talking to an old friend yesterday, I believe, an uh, old pastor friend, somebody he was talking to. And he said, the brother said to Brother Edwin, said, uh, something different about you. I can, I sense an anointing. I sense a change. Because it takes one to know one. It takes one to know one, right? Come on. Y'all know, just kidding. Yeah. It takes one to know one. See, if you got the Spirit of God in you and I got the Spirit of God in me, that's like a magnet. There's some folk I talk to, I ain't been when, I ain't, listen, I never knew them until a, a week ago. We've been talking like we knew each other for years. We just start talking about the goodness of the Lord. We start talking, boy, then just the hairs, if you, if you, even if you don't have any, they start just coming up. Because <laughs> we in this thing. Some folk you talk to, I'm a believer. It's like, if you start talking spiritual things, they just shut you down. They ain't got much time for that. I'm like, you're going to hate it. You tell me you want to go to heaven, you're going to hate heaven. Because heaven is for holy people. Heaven is for people that love Jesus. Heaven is for people that love to worship. Heaven is for people that just can't wait to be in the presence of millions of other believers, giving glory and honor to him who is worthy to be praised. So if you got a problem praising him down here, what in the world are you going to do up there? You can't, you can't give them praise here. What are you going to do there? Blessing, glory, and honor be unto him who is worthy to be praised. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the king of kings and the Lord of lords. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 8, write this down. I'm not going to get through half. I already know it. My goodness. 1 John 3, 8. Said the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Think about that. The Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. So then, if I have been transformed, uh, by the way, by side note, how many know you can't transform a culture until you first are transformed? You can't give somebody what you don't have. So if I'm going to transform a generation, watch this. I need to be transformed first. I can't go and witness and, and share my faith and hope that a lot of people are going to come Giving a life to Jesus, if I myself uh, is, is, is still in the valley of decision, I got one foot in and one foot out. What did the Bible say about those that are lukewarm? Somebody talk to me who know the Bible. Vomit them out. Now, is there anything pretty about vomit? Do y'all need me to show you what vomit is? Thank you. <laughs> he said that you can't be lukewarm, church. If we're, going to, if we're going to impact a generation, we got to be serious about this thing. 
We, we got to be to a point that, that we can't be sitting back trying to think about, well, I, I still want to hold on to certain things of the world. You got to let everything go that's an offense to the, to the spirit of the living God. You got to be willing to let it go. Look at the name and say, let it go. But see, here's what we do. We come at the thing. We want to hold on to a couple things. Let it go. If it goes contrary to the values of the kingdom, you just got to let it go. And sometimes you have to let it go in tears. Tears. You're crying, but I got to let it go. I love you, but I got to let you go. I got to let you go. You mean the world, but I got to let you go. Because I've been changed. I got a new identity now. I got to get in this thing and find out who I am. I, I, I need to know where I'm supposed to go. Who am I supposed to be with? I, I need to know now that I've been changed. Real change that you can believe in. If I've been changed, then, then I got to know who he is. I, I have to spend some time understanding because I don't want to be trying to hold on to stuff that's going to keep pulling me back into the world. If we're going to transform a generation, we got to first be transformed. Kingdom people pursue right living. Kingdom people pursue it. Doesn't mean that we're always right. But if you want to turn to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And this, uh, I, think, I think we have this in the New Living Translation. It says, watch this. I love this. He says, also, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you or beg you. That's amazing that Paul is, this is Paul talking, the apostles talking to the Romans. He says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. In other words, he's saying, because In some other translations, they say because of all his mercies and because of all that he has done for you, because of his mercies. How many know God has had mercy on us? He really has. God has really, come on, church, God has been good to us. I mean, there's been, he's got so much. I mean, he's Paul is saying to the Romans, because of the mercies of God. Because of where he brought you from, how he put up with your stuff. Because of all, how many know that? How many would say that God has done a lot of stuff for you? He says, because of the abundance of grace that he has been bestowed upon you and me, he says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he's done for you. Let them be a living and a holy. Look at the name and say, holy sacrifice. That the kind he will find acceptable, this is truly the way to worship. Keep going. Don't copy the behavior and the customs, watch this, of this world. Now, oh my goodness. Now, watch this. You know, the world's thinking is contrary to God's thinking. The values of this world are vastly different than God. Now, some people look at that and say, you know, well, you know, I'm not supposed to do some, you know, I ain't, for example, I ain't supposed to go to a party. He ain't talking about that. Get beyond that. He's talking about mindset, values. Not to be picking. I'm not picking on it. Listen, I believe sin is sin no matter how you slice it. Sin is sin. Come on, right? But let me pick on one just for a minute. Just for a minute, then I'm going to get off. Don't nobody get mad at me. But. 
I don't have a problem with the sin homosexuality like some people think I have a problem with. Homosexuality is a sin, just like a lot of other things that people do are a sin. But you know what makes that different? Here's what gets me fired up at, at the people of God even. That the culture is saying, the culture is saying that God approves of it. That God says it's okay. So you have a man, stands, a woman who had whatever, stands behind this pulpit. I'll marry you because God doesn't care anything except about whether you just love each other. As long as you love each other, it's okay. Wow. See, that's what he's talking about. The customs and the values of world's thinking. You start hanging around people for a little while, and you start talking the values of the kingdom, you don't have to, you don't have to push them away. <laughs> if they don't want to hear it, they ain't going to hear it. But if you're going to get around me, I'm going to promote. Listen, if you, if you hang out around me, I tell the guys, I give you an example. You hang out around me, well, you know, my wife did. Don't be talking about your wife like that. Well, man, she look hot. Woo! I bet your wife look better. What's wrong with I mean, you married her because she was hot wife. What's up? And, and, and if she happened to lose some of her hotness, it's all because of you anyway. You contributed to that. I'm just saying. We got to be bold enough to challenge the value system of this world by representing the kingdom of God. And still, I'm not talking about trying to be trying to be all self-righteous. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a value system. The values of the kingdom, the customs of this world. I mean, come on, God. Look, Lady Gaga ain't somebody I need to be trying to act like. She ain't no role model for my kids. Come on. I ain't messing with Lady Gaga. I'm just saying. I will hear one, one, one I heard Charles Barkley say years ago, he's a basketball player, and, and I appreciate him saying it. Now, you know, Charles Barkley can be pretty vulgar. Charles Barkley said years ago, Charles Barkley said, I ain't no role model for your kids. <laughs> he came around and said, he said, y'all parents want to be role models. He said, I ain't no role model. I ain't no role model. I'm right up front. Bing, I'm not your role model. I appreciate him saying that. Because how many know that our role model ain't got nothing to do with a lot of the way people are in this world today? The way they think, what drives them, what motivates them, okay? What, 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 why are they making a the decision that they're making? It ain't got nothing to do with your value system. <sighs> he says, the customers are but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you what? Think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is God-pleasing, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So, so in order to change, we first got to change our minds. Our way of thinking got to change. He said, be, you know, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. Real change starts in here. A lot of people get it all mixed up. They say they try to change, but then they, don't, they leave this alone. They don't try to change the way they think. They just keep thinking the same way. You let anything just play in your mind. Don't just let anything play in your mind. Challenge those thoughts. Every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. If we're going to be holy, righteous people, how many know we got to change the way we think? We got to come into agreement with God. He Don't be conformed. Don't let this. Listen, the world is dying. You hear me? The world system is dying. 
You are the light of the world. You ought to be comfortable being light. Well, yes, they don't want to eat with you. That's, I understand that. They don't want to hang out with you. That's okay. If you need somebody to hang out with, call me. Call Brother Troy. Call, call my, my, my brother uh, uh, Naomi and Jaime. Call Jaime. My, this is my sister, Jaime. Call, the, call, call Brother Edwin. I mean, call, if you want somebody to hang out with, I don't know want to eat with me. Look, call me. I'll eat with you. I'll even pay the tab sometimes. See, I don't want y'all to make me a liar because I know y'all will be holding me to it. Do you say you pay the tab, Pastor? I say sometimes. I know that's grace, and I put some grace in that. Hallelujah. So we need to be transformed. So we got changed the way that we think. We can't be thinking the same old kind of way. Hear one brother say to me, I can listen to all the kind of stuff and look at certain kind of things all I want to and it don't get into my spirit. Listen, who are you kidding? Who are you kidding? What do we put in our brain? You know, the Bible, your mind is like a big old sponge. Whatever you fill it up with, that's what you're going to get out of. So here's the question. What is loading up? What, what is loading up? What are you uploading in your brain for you computer geeks? What are you uploading? Because that will determine what comes out of you. Because if we're going to be right people that are representing the king of kings, then how many know we need to change? You got to change the way you think. First Peter 2, verses 11 through 12. I'll move quick through these. Y'all got to just stay with me. First Peter 2, verses 11 through 12. And if you don't want to read it, you can write it down. Or if you don't want to find it, I hope you do. You can write it. We got it for you up there on the scripture verse. But I want to read it. First Peter, chapter number 2, verses 11 through 12. He says, now watch this. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles or unbelievers, that when they speak against you as an evildoer, they may, be, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Now, let's, let's, let's look at this. A sojourner is a temp. A temp. That means that he's saying that as a journal, that means that, that you're visiting, that you're here in this world, but you're temporary. Your home is not here. You see, Jaime and Naomi just came from Puerto Rico, right? But I heard them say yesterday about, I was ready to come home. See, something about when you know, when you act differently when the place is not your home, you treat it differently, don't you? I mean, you just you do. Your mindset is different because you're thinking the whole time, I'm just here to, to glean a little bit from the culture, learn, but, I, but this ain't it. Because I'm going back. And all your money, all your everything else is at your house. Because that's where your home is. See, he calls us, he says, we are sojourners. That means a temporary resident. Now, how many of you look at yourselves as temporary residents of this earth? Not in the sense that you're going to die. Because everybody's going to go there. The death ratio is one per person. More than likely, you're going to get it. Let's Jesus come back. Everybody's going to reach there. Not talking about that. I'm talking about a mindset on a regular basis whereby you understand that my home, this is a temporary place, and I only got a short time to bring glory and honor to God. I'm here to represent the kingdom. 
He says, now watch this. We are sojourners and pilgrims. Pilgrim is someone who journeys from a far land. Now watch this. Here are we now. We're right here in this world. In this world. But you need to look at yourself as a pilgrim. Look at yourself as a sojourner. In other words, I'm a temp. But you know how many believers, stay with it, don't y'all, don't, I don't want to lose anybody, stay with me. But you know how many believers still look at themselves? They act like that this is permanent. This ain't, if you're going to be effective as a believer, and if we're going to transform our culture, we got to think, wait a minute, I'm visiting from a foreign land. <laughs> Jesus says that my kingdom is not of this world. You know what? And since you've identified with Jesus, your kingdom is not of this world. Well, Pastor, you mean to no? You got to have a mindset that says this is just a place where I'm visiting for a short while. This is not my home. This is not my home, and, and we got to come to a place that we understand it. Now, 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 let's keep going. He says, "Now abstain from fleshly lust that wars against the soul." Now, how I many know if you've been saved for any amount of time that your flesh is still his flesh? Put it this way. If you let your flesh go loose for one day, you don't, Lord knows what happened to you. Your flesh still remembers exactly where it left off at before you came to Christ. Your flesh is ugly. Paul says that I know that in me dwelleth no good thing. That's what Paul said. So, so he said that we need to abstain from, uh, he says we need to abstain. Let me, let me, let me pick it up. Abstain from fleshly lust, which wage war against the soul. Fleshly lust. Understand that that lust, that, that, that fleshly part, that, that, that you, you and I are always going to be battling where your flesh is going to want to try to pull you in the areas that God don't want you to be. You're going to have that, 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 all that war. That word there, that, it means it's, it's like a military word, war, warfare. So how many know that that if, you're, if you've been a believer for any amount of time, you know that there's a warfare going on in you all the time. You have to struggle sometimes just to do right. Because some of you says, I ought to just go upside your head and just do you in. I mean, everything in my, you know. But the Spirit of God said, no, you ain't supposed to do that. Love your neighbors. Love your enemies. Do good. Bless them. But your flesh is saying, look what they did to you. In fact, what they did to you is like, Nobody's ever done to anybody on the planet. <laughs> it is the way the devil make us feel. Like God forgot all about me when he said for me to forgive. God forgot about my problem because my problem is a little bit different. My issue is far greater than, than any problem anybody else had had. You know, my problem. I mean, God, I mean, you know, that, 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 that what I'm going through, God didn't mean that part because he, he, he know me. And I'm different. I'm different what I'm going through. Hey, how I many the Bible said there ain't nothing new underneath the sun? There ain't nothing new. We all go through some things. But but the way, but this warfare that we got going on. Now, why is this important? Because we're going back to cultural transformation. Because we got to be able, somebody got to tell you or tell us. That it, and the Bible is telling us that, that we got to remember that there's a warfare going on. Your flesh is always going to want to try to have its way. You're going to always have to beat it down. How many have to beat your flesh down just to read the Bible on a regular basis? Just to get up out of the bed. I, I mean, I punched my iPhone the other day. Shut up. 
That iPhone hit the floor. Boom. Because my flesh saying, you stay in the bed. You don't need to spend no time in prayer and all that. God understands. God understands that, you know, God doesn't mind if you just take a day off. It's amazing how many believers try to figure out how far they can push the envelope. How far I can go, you know, how far I can I can go. It, it ain't about that. It's about me being what God wants me to be. It's about me achieving my purpose in this earth. Every one of you has a distinct purpose, something unique God has gifted you with that he wants you and I to do. Every one of us. And, and the lust of our flesh, we're going to have to lust. Listen, if that means that, that you're going to have to, like, don't bring the ice cream, just an example, don't bring it in the house, don't bring it in the house. Whatever you got to do, if chocolate is your problem, I'm just speaking in terms everybody can understand then you got to do what you got to do to keep it from pulling you into places God don't want you to be. I'm using those as metaphor. But let's, let's, let's get a little bit deeper, okay? Let's get a little bit deeper. We, we're not just talking about those surfacey things because everybody have a struggle with something. All of us say, oh, I'm righteous. I'm holy, Pastor. I got it all together. Okay, got you. They got that. Cool. Got that. Everybody have a struggle with something. I don't care how sanctified we look or act. Everybody is struggling with something. Now, that's not an excuse to sin. That's not an excuse to indulge. But we're in spiritual warfare, people. If you don't sense a war going on inside of you, I mean, I've been in, let me tell you something. I've been thinking, you know, I I thought I was crazy when I got saved. Because I have crazy thoughts coming to my mind. And, and, you know, when you get saved, the closer you get to God, the more you realize how wretched you are. Because God starts showing you some things about yourself. That I thought that I was cool. I thought I was okay. (laughs) I thought I was better. Because I compared myself against other people. I compared myself against all the other people, and I thought compared to them, I'm pretty good. <laughs> I ain't really that bad. I mean, look what they do. Woo, look what they do. Oh, bad. That's not me. Then I got saved, and then God just started showing me things about myself, just the way I think. Just the way I just, you know, and I begin to hate my own self. My thought life was just wretched. Like stuff, and I'm just because you're coming closer to the light. And then what happened? So you got this battle going on all the time, fleshly lust, waging war against the soul, and and your flesh is always going to be trying. You can't live right because your flesh, the way that you get the victory over your flesh is you starve it and you feed the spirit. Feed the spirit. Get in the word. Starve it. Eventually, your spirit man will overpower those desires that are in you. Are you with me? Now he says, now, now turn real quick because we got to keep rolling because I want to get to my last verse. Turn real quick to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter number 5 verses 18 through 20. Now this is just the beginning of a series so, so understand that. It's going to be a great series. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 verses 18 through 20. It says, now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself. This is good. Through Jesus Christ and has given us, what has he given us? The ministry of reconciliation. That is that Christ, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word. Everybody say word of reconciliation. And now then we are ambassadors. Everybody say ambassadors for Christ. As though God was pleading through us, we implore you on God's behalf, 
be reconciled to God. Now, that's important. Paul was saying that God has given us and to them, and I believe it's, it's also include us, the ministry of reconciliation. So that's our job, right? So our job as believers is that we want to see as many people as we can be reconciled to God. He has given us that ministry of reconciliation. God died for you. This is our message. Christ died for you so you don't have to spend eternity separated from him. He paid your price. He paid your sin debt. He's taking care of all of that. God, is, God has called us to peace because we were hostile against God because of our sin. And ju- through Jesus Christ, the, 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 the gap has been bridged. We now have life. God did it all. So we have the ministry of reconciliation. That's the way we need to think. So in order to reconcile, how many know we got to engage? Right? We can't reconcile from afar because some of us feel more comfortable reconciling from afar. So, so we, like to, we, we feel comfortable gathering in our holy uh, huddle. You know what a holy huddle is, right? Our Sunday morning stuff. I call it a holy huddle. And that's good, the huddle. But, you know, at some point they say break. You watch football? They huddle up, right? And they say break. And they what? They get out there. At some point, if we're going to reconcile and transform a generation, watch this, then we need to engage. And that means engage the enemy. Well, it might just be, I don't know, because I don't want their spirits to fall on me. I'm like, okay. Uh, somewhere I read, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Uh, the Bible clearly says that he is the power, the glory. The Bible clearly says that all things were made by him, through him, and he has all power. And everything is subject to him. Every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess. Everybody going to have to, that's what I love about this thing. You know, I hear people, well, you know, you got your religion, I got mine, and here's another spirit of the world. Here's another cultural thinking, okay? That here's what they're saying in the world today, that, that you got your religion, I got my religion, and, and somehow that we're all going to get there together. Oh, brother, we can have fellowship. We can have fellowship, brother. We can have fellowship. We can have fellowship. You just got yours, I got mine. We'll all get there together. God love all of us, brother. Nobody, you know, we're good. Uh, no. No. I'm telling you straight up front, Acts 4.12, come on. There's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved other than the name of Jesus, period. Period. It's no uh, dot, 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 no. It's period. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he, Jesus, is Lord, Period. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, that's, that's John, Gospel John 14, no one comes to the Father except through me. Well, you just a religious bigot, whatever you want to say. But the truth is the truth. And here's the problem, or here's the challenge. I shouldn't say problem. You as a righteous believer, that's the way the culture is going. You know, you know at, at some point, they're going to try to tell us how we need to be preaching, that we need to be all-inclusive. That's where we're going. If you don't see that, if you can't discern that this world, that everybody, you know, you, you listen to all the pundits. Oh, we're all the same. Mesh it all up. I mean, no, Jesus, he, wanted, he is God. He distinguished himself when he got up out of that grave. We don't need to even go into that. So we're not the same. And I don't apologize for that. Paul says that we are amb- ambassador for Christ. 
Isn't that what we are, ambassador? What is an ambassador? Anybody know what an ambassador is? He represents the interests of another country. You know, when ambassadors come over, they don't come over. They're not coming over to try to be like your culture. They come over to represent. They come over. A good ambassador, he shows up, and a good ambassador tells you all about how things are over in my country. <laughs> I mean, no, you're an ambassador for Christ. I mean, no, that we're supposed to be telling the people about our country, which is his country, his kingdom. We are supposed to be representing, representing him. We are ambassadors for Christ. Reconciling others who don't know God to himself. So I'm an ambassador. Now, how many of us think of ourselves the way we're ambassadors of Christ? That, that my job is to represent him everywhere I go. If I go into places, everywhere I go, I'm going to represent Christ wherever I go. Wherever I go. Why? Because that's what I, I died and that's what I've been called to do. I've been called to be an ambassador. I, I have no right to say that I'm a Christian and don't represent. Real Christians represent. I'm going to say it louder. Real Christians represent. We represent. I'm an ambassador. I can't just make up my own stuff. No, no. I can't just make up stuff. I'm an ambassador for Christ. Paul said this is who we are. And I, as an ambassador for Christ, we're telling people, look, you need to be reconciled to God. You need to get right. right. Well, well, I don't want to offend nobody. Well, you know what? I imagine that Jesus might have offended a couple folk. <laughs> I imagine Jesus might have offended two or three people, you think? Oh, Jesus offended people to the point they, they wanted to kill him. There was sometimes Jesus couldn't even go out in public because they was waiting to get him. Because he just kept offending them. And he wasn't offending them because he hated them. He was just telling them, you know, sometimes the truth is just offensive. You can be nice, you know, well, you know, uh, we can try to be all nice about it. You know, I, we need to be easy when you share the truth. I can be, okay, I can easily tell you you're going to hell if you don't repent. It's still the same effect. I don't say that because I, I, I don't want that to happen. You understand? Nobody wants that to happen. Nobody wants to see people eternally separated from God because that's it. There is no coming back from that. All right? People that you and I love, if they don't know Jesus, we ain't going to see them again. This thing is serious. This is not a game. This is not just something that we're doing because we don't have anything to do. This is serious business. We got to be serious about transforming the culture and preaching the ministry of reconciliation, this gospel. But we got to be changed first. People need not to, they need not to look at the lines and see them blurry. They need to be able to look and say, yeah, I, I know, I know, I know. Just like in Brother Edwin yesterday when he talked, something did, I sense an anointing on you, brother. Change. 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 Lastly, let's look at Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to be done. I had a couple other verses, but we'll have to get them next week. Ephesians chapter 5. I think she had this in the New, new Living Translation. Uh, did anybody ever guess I like that translation? I do. Verse number 1. It says, imitate God. Imitate who? Wow. Imitate Lady Gaga. Imitate Madonna. Imitate Smoot Dog. I didn't say that right. Snoop. I don't know. I'm sorry. I've been out of it. I don't know the modern day people. I was, I was sitting there trying to meditate and I was meditating and I was trying to think of, you know, like some modern day people. You know, I'm, I'm like, you know, 
imitate God. We're not here to try. Listen, this is the good thing for our kids. This is what we tell our kids. We want to be like Jesus. He said, imitate God, therefore, in everything. Everybody say everything. Everything you do, be like God. Be like Jesus. Let that be your role model. If I don't act right, I tell my kids, if I don't act right, don't be like daddy. Just say, daddy, you did wrong and you imitate Jesus. Always imitate Jesus. You can't go wrong there. But you got to know him, right? You can't imitate somebody you don't know. He says, now, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. You've been adopted into his family. Live a life filled with love. Wow. Wow. I love that. Following the example of Christ, he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. You know, when we walk in love, you want to talk about, I want to please God. That's how you start. We can't please God until we first commit to walking in love with one another. We got to be serious about this love thing. Walk in love. Let there be, watch this, let there be no sexual immorality, sex outside of marriage, same sex, all that is sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Don't be greedy, don't be covetous. Such sins have no place among the people of God. Now, what he's, what he's saying, he's making it clear that these kind of that stuff that we're talking about, he said they ain't even supposed to be named among us. That when people think about us, we, we're not whoremongers. Come on. We're not drunkards. We don't use profanity. We're not vulgar. We're not obscene. We're pure. We're holy. That means we act different. We think different. He says, such sins have no place for God. He said, obscene stories, verse 4. Now, how many of you get these little emails every now and then? I even had to go tell people, don't send me certain emails on a job. You know, you get these mass emails or these obscene emails and or these obscene jokes that people send, you know that every time they send that and we laugh at them, we affirm it. If they say jokes that are ungodly, don't laugh at it. Just say, no, 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 no I ain't laughing at that. That's wrong. Obscene stories, foolish talk, or coarse jokes. That means vulgar. You can study in your own private time. Coarse. That means vulgar, offensive jokes. These are not for you. See, this is not who we are. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. See, we're always giving God thanks. <laughs> you can be sure that no immoral, watch this, immoral or impure or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. Now, do we need to say any more about that? He said the people whose life are characterized by this will not inherit the kingdom of God. They're not. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse sins. Mm. I mean, you know, we live in a, in a generation today where people are just trying to, you know, it ain't, you know, now we can't even tell people they've done wrong. When people sin, well, they, that's some, it's, a, it's, a, it's a clinical illness. Duh. It, 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 it had nothing to do with the decision that we made. You know, it's like nowadays you can't tell people that they're wrong. It's like nobody want to take responsibility. And so as a church, then we can. He said, let no one try to excuse these sins. We can't try to rationalize. I mean, no sin is sin. It's not our job. We can't be trying to sugarcoat it or or say, God, you know, and I hate this. One of my pet peeves. God understands. 
God understands what? He told you, don't let it be named among you. That's what God understands. So I mean, no, we got to be serious about sin. He says now, in verse, what verse are? Verse number six, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins because we live in a culture that's trying to excuse them or downplay them, but, 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 but not, this is not for us. Why? Why don't we want to do that? For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Or in some translation, the wrath of God. See, the wrath of God is going to fall on those who are wicked, those who won't follow his ways. Don't participate, here it is, in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness. This is how you were before you became a believer. We used to be. Everybody say, I used to be that way. See, used to means past, right? So now you're, you're light. He said, you used to be full of darkness. Full of it. But not now. Because you've been washed. You've been sanctified. You've been set apart. You've been made clean. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Why do I want to go back to that stuff, that darkness? You remember how it was? See, the devil sometimes make us forget, like we have amnesia about where we were before Christ saved us. I mean, I was lost. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I didn't know what to do. I was trying to figure out. I didn't have, I had no hope. I was like, what do I, I mean, I was a lost brother. But when I came to Christ, I got I mean, the light bulb came on. It's like, wow, this is good. Why do I want to go back to the weak and beggarly elements? Why do I want to go back to the things that had me in the bondage in the first place? Why do I want that? No, no, no. You were once full of darkness, but not now. And that's what you need to tell some of you folks. Well, you used to be. Well, that's how it was because I was blind. But like the blind man man said, he said, I was blind, but now I see. I see now. I see, and I see that what you're doing, it's not going to work. You need, you need to repent. You need to change your ways. Jesus is coming. The wrath of God falls on those who won't follow him. This is the message of the kingdom. He says, for once, verse 8, for once you were full of darkness, but now you, are, you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of light. In other words, he's saying, act like, you know, uh, you know, my parents used to tell me every time you act out of character, is when you ain't acting like a bailer, you ain't, you ain't acting right. Act like you know. What they're saying is, act like who you are, who we raised you up to be. See, my kids act all the character. That ain't who you are. As children of God, sometimes we need to hold each other accountable. That ain't who we are. You're a child of God. What are you doing, brother? What are you doing? Why are you doing that? No, brother, you're a child of God. You can't be acting like that. Well, see, we don't like that word accountable, do we? <laughs> in our society today, people don't like accountability. But accountability is a protector when it's done God's way. It's a protector to protect you. So he says, for, for once you were full of darkness, but now you are light of the Lord. So live like people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Certainly, I'm sorry, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. So what is our number one goal? We want to find out what pleases God. So here's, how, you know, I had a conversation. I'm using, I'm using everybody. I hope y'all don't mind so y'all can talk to me later and then y'all can yell at me and maybe I'll take you to dinner. But we was having a conversation. I'm going to go into details about it. But we was having a conversation a couple weeks ago with, with Jaime and Naomi. They were talking about a subject. But, you know, what was amazing to me and they were asking questions. I sit down and listen. And I said, and you know what their question was about? They were trying to discern 
what's pleasing to God. That's all they want to know. What was pleasing to God? You know, when you get saved, your question ought to be, and every decision I make, the first thing I think about, is this going to please God? Because if this ain't going to please God, I'm not interested. I'm just not interested. So, and you know, when you start walking in the light, you hang out in the light for a while, and you hang around people in the light, what happens? Let's take a wild guess. You start to see a little bit better, don't you? Because you're in the light. But the more you hang around dark stuff, can't see. You start stumbling. But the more you start just getting in light, getting in light, getting in light, standing in light, standing in light. Oh, my gosh, where did I go? Uh, now I'm on husband, love your wife. The Lord must have wanted me to say that somebody need to love husbands. I just, that just popped right up on my, my iPad. <laughs> so some of y'all just need to love, maybe Lord, the Lord is saying y'all need to love your wife, husbands, all right? Man, so y'all to love your wife. That's the Lord just put up here on this skin. All right, maybe I'm not. I don't know. Uh, it's for me. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'll take that. Amen. Amen. She said amen. Take no- <laughs> Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. How are you going to expose them? Well, you expose them a couple of ways. You expose them by, by opening your mouth and saying it's wrong. Another way you expose unrighteousness is by being an example. Don't affirm wrong behavior. Don't affirm it. Behavior that you know that is anti the value system of God, we don't affirm that behavior. No matter where it is, we ain't going to affirm it. And we're not going to laugh at your jokes. Don't be sending me stuff on Facebook. That's, 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 that's just, you know, don't be sending me no emails. I tell you guys all the time, one time somebody sent me an email, somebody in Iraq, one of the soldiers, uh, and he was naked. And I guess he wanted to show off his bottom. And, uh, and I went to the person, I said, don't, don't ever send me that again. Don't send me that. You ought to know better. Why would you send me something like that? Well, I mean, it's just, it's just fun. No, no, I don't want to see that. That's obscene. I don't need to see that. See what I'm saying? What are we doing? We're letting them know who we are. We're letting them know. You take little opportunities like that, they send you to, they're going to be sending them mass emails, take me off your list. Because I don't want you to think, and I don't want other people to look at it and see who all got this email and see my name up there. Attached to that email. Take my name off. Well, Pastor, that's radical. No, no, you're light. If we're going to transform the culture, the culture needs to know who we are. They need to know who we are. We need to know what we're about, what we represent. But their evil intentions will be exposed. No, first number 12. It is shameful even to talk about those things that ungodly people do in secret. Mm. But their evil intentions, no, I'm not going to go there. But their evil intentions will expose when the light shines on them. Who is that light? Us. Us as relates to our relationship with Jesus. Because he is the light. But when we walk with him, we're walking in the light. And we carry the light. We're supposed to be like bright 100 watt bulbs. Every time, I mean, every time the room is dark, you walk up in there, zzz, you know, it's like our power grew out and, I, and it goes out in a quiet harbor all the time because we got a bunch of trees. Our power is always, and every time you can hear the surge, when the power comes back up, zzz, the power comes on. So my daughter's laughing. She don't talk about it because the other day they were all panicking and the lights went out. But, you know, we're supposed to be like bright white bulbs. Everywhere you walk, man, light. Like, here come light. And they ought to be, some, every now and then they ought to say, oh, here we go. Here he comes. <laughs> Gonna tell me that I need to be right. Gonna tell me to stop using this. Tell me to stop cussing. Gonna tell, I don't, 
you know, after a while, you know, because you light. But don't be afraid to be light. That's who you're supposed to be. That's who you're supposed to be. And I mean, no, you can be loving because you love people. That's why you tell them the truth. Love tells people the truth. I can't let you live. I can't let you think it's okay for you to cheat on your wife. Don't come to me. I got one brother all the time. You remember what I talked about? Don't be telling me that because I don't know what I might do with that information. The guy told me one time he went to Canada, talking about being in life. This goes in with our message. And they said, well, whatever happens in Canada stays in Canada. That's what he said. And they meant it. Well, we do all in Canada, guys. And everybody, every one of them was married except for one. And they were on the prowl. And I, and I remember I said to them, I said, well, I said, well, whatever you do in Canada, if you don't want nobody to know it, you better not let me see it. Because I'm not agreeing to that. Because they call me up and they ask me, I'm snitching. <laughs> Snitch. Snitch Bailey. Snitch. So I tell them right up front so nobody get offended. They call me and say, hey, what happened? I'm going to say, hey, he was out there running with that chick. There she is right there. Here's an, here it is. Out the city, location, where we were. What rest? There you were. I saw it. <laughs> so I tell them right up front. Here's what I tell them. I said, don't tell me. If you don't want me, no, don't tell me because I ain't held to that. I, I'm accountable to him. I can't be covering for your sin. I ain't do, I'm light. I'm supposed to be exposing that wrong behavior. I can't do that. And, and our people ought to know that. If people feel like they come and talk to you about stuff like that, and that, and that watch it. Now, this is a gauge for you. If people feel like they can come and tell you about their other person and all this, and they feel real comfortable about that, they don't have to, then there's something wrong with you. Because they ought to know that they come and sit down and talk to you, that you ain't going to buy that. It ain't that you're being judgmental, but you just, you know, you're, you're saying, no, no, you, you, you're wrong. So I tell people, don't come to me unless you want to know the truth. And sometimes the truth hurts. My brother said, well, God wants me to be happy. God wants you to be obedient. Your happiness comes from being obedient to God. That's where your happiness is. All right. I think we're done. Verse 14, for the light makes everything visible. This is what we're supposed to do. This is why it is said, awake, O sleeper. And how many know we're not sleepers? We're awake. We should be. Rise up from the dead and Christ will give you light. And when Christ gives us that light, then what happens is we can see better. And when we can see better, we can be a better witness for Christ. And our ability to transform the culture of the generation is much greater when we walk in the light. Amen. Amen. Every eye is, every head is bowed, every eye is closed.